with my microphone. But how was the hot chicken? It wasn't hot. The chicken. hot chicken wasn't hot chicken. It's you just spicy hot, it was like glaze. Spicy glaze. It wasn't that great. Like I, it wasn't traditional. Do you like regret it? Hot. Yeah, I think I would have rather had just a normal. That was the hot blueberry. Chicken. Oh my god! Did they get a puppy? The dog looks so small. Uh, no, I think it's still full size. I'm just spying on my neighbors. Don't mind us. You can't hear what we're talking about because this is an auditory medium. Welcome to the Garbage Game Club. I'm Joey. I'm here with Nick. This is an episode that uh, it's been a minute. We took last week off. We took last week off. If you're looking at the podcast player feed, you probably won't notice that because there's like a delay on those. But if you're one of our loyal patrons who literally keeps our business afloat, um, one, thank you. Two, took a week off. It was good for our mental health. Gonna be honest, still a little bit crazy. Probably should have taken two weeks off. But you know what? We're here. We're committed to the hashtag content grind because you know what we do, Nick? We play video games and we talk about video games. What a unique concept. Yeah, man. No one's done that ever. Who, who would have thunk it? How come we don't have a show on fucking like IGN or or, 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 or G4 or um, um, ben. Kotaku? Ven. Ven? Oh, man. You know, the thing is, the thing that really grinds my gears is that if we were actually more famous, we'd probably fit on their platform. Yeah, I can see that. We'd probably be the most authentic people they have on their platform. What do you mean? This is Ven. I'm just a casual streamer. Look at me. Hey, guys. Who cares about console wars? I'm a Nintendo guy. <laughs> that, that's like, uh, man, I'm not taking a side. I'm just taking a side. <laughs> Fucking, we're here to talk about... How the PS4 is one of the best consoles ever, right? Because Sony is so much better than Microsoft because <laughs> Sony has exclusive games. Last episode, talking about Last of Us. This week, talking about Ghosts. Any when's the last time we talked about a, a, a Microsoft exclusive game? We haven't because they don't have any good ones. How many Sony exclusive games we've talked about on this show? A lot yeah. because they care about that, which is why... I'm Team Sony, firmly planting the flag down. I am bringing back the console wars, and I am telling you... Single-handedly. I am telling you, anyone who tells me Microsoft over Sony, I know that they're not a true gamer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like anything that's happening here. But you do make mention of something very important regarding Sony and the PS4, which is Ghost of Tsushima is really the swan song of the PS4. It is the last PlayStation exclusive coming to PS4, and it's out. It's done, though. It's done. It's it's out yeah. in the wild. It's funny because Insomniac, I'm not Insomniac, um, Sucker Punch Studios kicked off the PS4 console life cycle with the release of Infamous Second Son, and then they rounded it out with Ghost of Tsushima. They're here. They're, they're here to bookend. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you said Insomniac and you slipped up a little bit because I still get Sucker Punch, Insomniac, and Naughty Dog confused in my head because they're just all <laughs> nonsensical names who make PS4. They all made titles. like furry characters at one yeah, point. Exactly. <laughs> They've all done something that is vaguely similar. And uh, you know what? Ghost of Tsushima was, uh, uh, was an interesting uh, game for me because admittedly we had the privilege of playing it early. Mm -hmm. uh, I did not take advantage of that because I was grinding through The Last of Us <laughs> back when back when we had it. Right. And then I hopped off The Last of Us and went straight to Ghosts, which I thought was going to be a mistake. Because, like, I'm like, oh man, should I play Paper Mario? That's coming out the same day. What a crazy... There's, like, no games coming out. And the fact that both of those, like, yeah. quote, AAA games 
not quite. They're both AAA games. Yeah. But the fact that they are released on the same day was wild. Anywho, um, I, I I get on the Ghost of Tsushima grind and I'm like, oh no, did I did I do myself a disservice because I'm playing this immediately on the heels of Last of Us Part Two, one of the games that is going to be heralded as oh fucking greatest game ever. And now I'm just playing something that is probably in and of itself good, but not of that same S-tier caliber. And I think initially I fell into that trap where, where I launched it up, I started playing it, and the thing... If I'm, if I'm going to talk about these games as a couplet, I think they have inverse strengths. Oh, completely agree. I thought this was a nice little... A nice little palate cleanser after The Last of Us Part Two because I felt The Last of Us Part Two was very oppressive in like this is the story that I'm gonna tell and you're going to experience it, Bucko. Whereas I think Ghost of Tsushima's like, nah, man, just do whatever. The story's not that good. Just have fun. That's the thing. <laughs> I would also argue Last of Us Part Two, for all of its flaws, had a story I was engaged with. Yeah. I wanted to like see the next plot point. Right? It has. It's. It has a driven story. It has character-motivated choices and whatnot. I launch into Ghosts, and I'm like trying to pay attention to this plot line. And I'm, you know, I'll be upfront about something. I'm not a giant fan about um, fiction games based in historic settings, where the historic setting is the primary driver of what's going on. Like, I understand that that's a whole genre of, of games and a genre of people and a mm. genre of media who, who like feudalist Japan. They like going through Egypt. They like the Civil War. I mean, you can even kind of include World War II in that. Yeah. I generally don't find myself someone who is enthralled by settings that are historically driven or fantasy driven, right? So, so right off the bat, Ghost of Tsushima, like is working from a negative point of view for me because I don't care about about the the, the old Japanese society. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's hard for me to buy into that hook. And then the hook that they present, that they're trying to dig into my jawline, is just so... I'm trying to think of a more eloquent way to say boring, but honestly, I don't think the game deserves, deserves my vernacular. It, it really is just boring. I cannot get off the starting block with ghosts. Yeah, I think the biggest problem of Ghost of Tsushima is, um, one, Jin Sakai, who is our main character. I think he is the most bland pablum of, like, Japanese feudalistic samurai, ex-samurai, kind of struggling with honor versus getting the job done. It's the most generic presentation of that type of story, which you've all seen before, um... But man, the opening moments of this game are so bad. It takes so long before you can do anything fun in this game. Um, I think that the I think the presentation of the opening is pretty cool, where you're charging on the beach and you know uh, the, all the Mongols are killing a bunch of your samurai brethren. And I think it looks very pretty. I played in non Kurosawa mode. I played in in full color because I think this game. I feel like you're you're doing yourself a disservice if you play this game in black and white unfortunately you, you probably are yeah it takes a long time for this game to get off the get off the start because you're just watching a movie for a little bit and the movie isn't entertaining it's not entertaining and it's not fun to play because it's all very heavily scripted where you're like okay i'm gonna get into a boss fight with kubla kai's cousin and then i'm gonna have to lose and i was like i wonder if i could do well enough where i can like 
win if I try hard enough. A la Sekiro, a game that I'm yeah. sure you'll get a lot of comparisons from this too. Yeah, and then I quickly realized, oh no, you're not allowed to win this because I was like, oh, I'm doing really good in this fight. And then all of a sudden this dude just pulled out a random ass combo that destroyed my health. I was like, all right, well, I guess I was supposed to lose that. It's fine. This isn't Sekiro. It's fine. I can I can move on. And so you get deposited on a beach and then you have to spend another 20 to 30 minutes without your sword and you're just like, Yuna, who's this? You're a thief? That's dishonorable. Oh no, you're supposed to face your opponent head up. That's how you do this thing. And then she's like, nah, dude, this is way better. You can't, you gotta resort to playing like them. And so I, I'm into the idea of Ghost of Tsushima's core conflict. And I thought for a brief moment that it was going to address the problem of ludonarrative dissonance, the, the $2 word of the podcast of, oh, how do you showcase someone's guilt for sneaking up on someone and doing something the way things aren't supposed to be done? And I thought the game was going to do something because every now and then, especially early on, there was a part, uh, a part when I was like just roaming around stabbing fools in the back and the game like... I, I I executed a dude by sneaking up on him, and then I wasn't in a in a mission or anything. It did like a flashback sequence to my my uh, uncle, who was basically like sad that I did this, and was like, "Oh, Jin feels guilt." Like I think that's interesting. That's a instead of mm-hmm. showcasing the animation of executing someone, what if you just show your ancestor looking at you disapprovingly? Like that's kind of interesting. But then the game never did it again. So I was like, oh, okay, that was just a one-off thing. Well, that takes too much time. You see, like the time's a very valuable research, and if Ghost loves to do one thing, it's to suddenly pull all the control away from you and yeah. put you in some kind of a janky ass cutscene. Oh, did you did you ride your horse for for 5 minutes and you get to a place cutscene. And not like I this feels like the cutscenes that people used to talk about like 10 or 15 years ago mm-hmm. that they hated. Like this feels like something that we've almost fixed in in a more modern gaming sense where you don't where you aren't plagued with like what seems like pointless control taking away cutscenes because everything's generated in world mm-hmm. um but like they're not all batched together. Sometimes you'll have one for 15 seconds, and then you'll have 10 seconds to control, then another one 15 seconds, and then it's like, wait, why did I, why did I, did you even let me think I can control the character in between these, these games? Like, the amount of times you get pulled out to watch really slows the pace down. And at the beginning of the game, you just kind of want to start experimenting with the game because there's, there's glimmers of it being fun. Oh yeah, I think I think uh, the biggest strength of Ghost of Tsushima is its open world. I do think that after a while, that open world starts to veer into you know Far Cry territory, where you're just kind of liberating the Mongol camp encampment and helping random people. But I think where Ghost of Tsushima shines in its open world is its uniqueness and how vibrant it is. I really love the blend of like over the top nature effects combined with a lush Japanese landscape. And it really just feels like I'm in a world I've never been in before. This game never... I'm also not a big fan of games where you used to ride horses around, which is funny where, you know, we (laughs) played the last two games and that was a a bit of a core mechanic. Um, What did you name your horse? Uh, I went with Nobu. I also went Nobu because I'm like, this is funny. (laughs) I'm going to think about sushi. I almost went with Sora because of Kingdom Hearts, but I didn't. Um, Nobu. 
<laughs> he just struck the horse struck me as a nobu and not a sora well you also took the white horse right uh no i went with like the chestnut one wow this is a weird thing about race now that i okay never mind um anywho moving on from that we so so you you you, you say that you get to an open world spot and eventually you do get to kind of an open world workflow it, it's the game is kind of sequestered to three different acts Mm-hmm. Um, and each act comprises of its own little miniature island. And you talk about how beautiful the environment is. And I guess this is the thing that most people talk about. And like when most people look at this game, they're like, wow. I wasn't playing on a PS4 Pro. I wasn't playing on, f- I was playing on 4K, but like I wasn't playing on like max possible TV and PS4 settings. Mm-hmm. And still, I was still kind of blown away by this. It looks like, it looks like you would expect a AAA game to look with a bunch of some of the best particle effects I've ever seen. Interactable particles. A lot of the leaves that fall on the ground are still particles that like have physics properties to them, which is crazy. And then just the amount of like trickery that they do with the environment and the 2D and 3D elements for like all of all of the flowers and, and the brush. Like there there are vistas in ghosts, which is like no other game I've ever produced, which is why the photo mode in Ghost is one of the only few where I'm like, I actually want to fuck around with this and try to take some cool pictures. And it's very versatile. Normally, I don't touch photo mode at all. I'm like, this is dumb. I don't care. This is silly. I'm sorry, Nick. But like, Ghost is like, oh, I kind of want to play around with it just because everything is so inherently fucking cool looking. Um, The shitty thing that I think about the environment, while I can praise it all day long, is that I think as you progress through the game, the environments get more boring. Yeah, it starts to lose its color. Yeah, like <laughs> literally. The 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 third area you get to act 3 is all snowy mm-hmm. and you're like, "Hmm." <laughs> it just seems like an odd I feel like if I feel like that's a reverse order. I feel like you want to start in a barren area and then progress uh, to somewhere more vibrant. I think you stuff. need the vibrant up front so that you like loop yeah. people in. No, yeah, I get it. I get it. It just seems odd though. How how much of ghosts did you play? I got to the middle of Act Two, and then I called it in. You I, got to the see so now. I feel like we should have probably started that uh, with that up at the top because I think that kind of colors the the whole review process. Uh, mm-hmm. I finished the game and liberated every Mongol territory, mm-hmm. so my entire map was painted in white. There was no red. Um, there, there, so I I did most I did most stuff. When I started playing in Act 1 on the first island, I actually uh, took a bunch of extra time and rode my horse around and found every area and unlocked every area and was like really close to 100%ing the the very first act. And then I got tired of that and just went on to finishing the rest of the game afterwards. Mm -hmm. What made you call it? I think it's very very much what you tapped into as far as how often the game takes control away from you. I think that the the big problem I have with Ghost of Tsushima is that it's a game that feels like it's at odds with its own style that it's trying to just like maintain and I think that's looped into its presentation along with its quote unquote historicalness of it. Um so the big thing that I like is, you know, whenever you do a side quest or, you know, you advance Yuna's story or you advance uh, whoever's story, it kind of breaks into, like, a short film almost or, like, a chapter in a book where the name of the quest appears, it takes control away to put it 
to kind of put the name of the quest against a beautiful backdrop. And then it takes like 15 to 20 seconds before you can play again. And then, oh, if you want to get into a duel against someone, you always go through the same, okay, I'm going to look uh, eyes on villain, eyes on Jin. Villain draws sword. Jin has his sword at hand, and then he flips it open with his thumb. Like, I get it, and I like that style, but after a while, it just takes so long that I'm like, just let me play. And anytime I did play, I was always doing the same thing. You always go to a place, kill a couple Mongols, or maybe a couple bandits, save someone, and then you're done. You never, there's no real variety in any of the quests in Ghost of Tsushima, um, even though there's, like, I think the best it ever gets is when you have to like light uh, like uh, incense candles to distract mongols who are invading a village and then you're like okay now i'm just gonna stab you in the back well it's it's always go somewhere kill a few people and then leave and i don't like that i feel like i was i don't know i feel like it's just the same thing over and over and you could say that what the heck do we know what that noise is? no i've been meaning to ask you what that sound is is our are we getting poisoned by carbon monoxide and not know it? Uh, it could be. We should see. I've, I heard it earlier today, too. Uh, yeah, I, I've been hearing it the last two days. I mean, is it one of our detectors? I think it might be because that sounded like it was in this room. It seems pretty low. Yeah. It might be that one. I think it's that one. It, it should be blinking, though. Uh, maybe we'll see this is we're getting distracted i just feel ghost. like you always do the same thing in ghost of tsushima and you say nick that's what you do in every game you go somewhere you kill people and then you move on but i think most games do a better job at hiding that than ghost of tsushima so ghosts uh has its story broken down in a couple of different ways like there's the main storyline there's Jin's quest also we want to talk about Jin for a second Jin is so fucking boring and his voice actor is horrible uh is there any more that i have to say about that oh dude it's so not fine good. but he is boring super boring um then you have all of your party members who you kind of like join up to like get you to to take your island back there there's mini quests for all of them you can follow their story and learn more about all of your supporting all tests. way more interesting than Jin Yes, all way more. They all have like actual struggles. Mm -hmm. Like one of them's gay, and you're like, what? Like Yuna, I think is the game should have just been about Yuna. She's awesome. Um, and then there is uh, there's like fabled quests, which are which are pretty fun. They're actually some of the most unique quests, which un unlock like different sword stances mm -hmm. or or just different special abilities or upgrades. That that is actually pretty enjoyable. Those are normally you see yourself like climbing up a snowy mountain where you have to find a bunch of bonfires to stop at a checkpoints and light them. Um, and then there's just a bunch of random stuff around the world that you can find, you know, you can find, uh, 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 there's the game. The reason why I think I liked ghost of Tsushima is, um, I, I didn't love it, but I will say that I liked it. There's a reason why, like I, I played through all the main story and then I didn't do all the side quests, but I did liberate everyone. Um, is that it, ch it checks off something in my brain that inherently comes from like that 3D platformer collectathon Mario Banjo place in me where I have this world and I want to go, uh, I want, I want to go check the boxes mm -hmm. and checking the boxes is fun and exploring to go find the boxes to check the boxes is fun. The challenges where you're doing platforming are some of the fun challenges in the game. The though. grapple hook's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, that's kind of neat. The game can be really silly. Yeah. The game goes from, like, super serious in tone to, like, you're grapple hooking, like, some kind of <laughs> crazy 
you're doing grapple hook backflips under bridges and climbing towers and shit. And you're like, hmm. There's like there's like a weird tonal thing with the game um, that you definitely take moments of ghosts and you're like, wow, this is really like a video game. Yeah. My horse just like jumped off a four story building and then like kind of fell to the side and then got back up. Like, there's there's a lot of that in ghosts. Um, it feels very much like an open world game that would have released like six years ago. And if it was, it would have been really good. Oh, yeah, it would have been. I think the time has surpassed it. It'd be highly regarded. One thing that I'm seeing pop up a lot is a lot of comparisons to Red Dead Redemption 2. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been kind of nibbling away at that as well. And I think I'll imagine, I imagine I'll do that with Ghost of Tsushima where I kind of, you know, take little bites out of it randomly throughout a couple days or whatever. But I don't feel compelled to play it. But where I think the similarities are in this, it's like a commitment to the world that it's it's did you play all of red dead no no i haven't no um but i think both of these games are committed to kind of exploring what the world is but where i think ghost of tsushima doesn't work for me is it doesn't commit to the immersion that something like red dead does where it's like no in red dead everything is very slow and methodical because you know that's just how things were back in the day and i can appreciate that level of like okay i get what you're going for i think ghost of tsushima tries to do that but then it often devolves into a very arcadey thing so i think there is a little tonal inconsistency exactly. in that regard like, it wants to take itself seriously, but then at times it plays like a true arcade game. And and I just, I don't know, something's so strange about this game. I love that, even you know, there's only a certain amount of activities in the open world to do, which involve um, clearing up Mongol encampments, finding um, the, uh, the fox shrines. Yeah, which are like... You follow quests. Yeah, take the, through cool environments. They everything here upgrades like a specific element of you, right? So like, Mongol camps give you XP. Fox mm-hmm. shrines let you put more more charms into your into your sword. Um, shrines, which are the platforming challenges, give you bow upgrade material. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the there's the, the bamboo the bamboo striking. So it, you, it gives you more like um, I guess what is it power? Yeah, essentially. And I like that mini game. I think it's actually kind of fun. Pre- like pressing all the buttons in sequence qu- quickly. Pressing, pressing seven buttons in quick sequence without being able to see the buttons in like a two second time period is actually like the right amount of challenges yeah. where you only get it like 60% of the time, mm-hmm. I'd say. It's a, it's a good mini game. And then there's the finding the hot springs, which I'm a big fan of. That just gives you like butts. Yeah, I just, I want to see that gin ass. But one thing I like about that though is it does offer a really interesting opportunity to kind of explore an uninteresting character's mind, <laughs> which I wish Jin was more interesting because I think I would have been way more into it. But I do like the idea that, you know, when you go to upgrade your health, it's because you go into a hot spring and you have the opportunity to reflect on a thing of your choice. Oh, do, my mother. Do I want to reflect to on me comfort food? my mother or a lover's embrace, which I'm like, dude, if you're thinking both of these at the yeah. same time, something's wrong. I wish I, I, took, <laughs> I took a screenshot of one that I, that I should, wish I had my phone to show you. It was so funny. <laughs> it's, it's really cute. And I like that idea. And, and then there's also the haiku portion, which I have some problems with. I stopped <laughs> doing, I, I, and the first island I'm like, I'm going to do everything. And then I immediately stopped doing the haiku because I'm like, I don't care about my reward for these, and I hate doing them. <laughs> the haiku is an interesting idea, and I'm glad that Sucker Punch 
included it because it's such a change of pace from literally any other side quest in any open world game ever where you are just seated and then you are composing a haiku by scanning the environment. I think it's an interesting idea, but it feels very much like this entire game, while trying to be historically quote-unquote accurate, it feels like the researchers over at Sucker Punch just went, what does Samurai do? And then they just went on Wikipedia and they're like, uh, swords, uh, Bushido, uh, haikus. Oh, they do haikus. Let's turn that into a mini game. This game takes place in the 13th, no, 12th century. Haikus weren't invented until the 16th century or like 500 years later. After You don't this. know that, Nick? No, I do know that. That is like a fact. That is an easy thing to look up. Also, the way you compose haikus in this game are very American in that, oh yeah, each line needs to relate to one another so that you kind of have a full story of a haiku. You complete a, a thought, you know? But that's not really what the function of haikus is. Nothing really needs to tie together in a haiku. Each line could be its own random thought entirely. So it's just like, I feel like a Western bias is showing here, which again, Sucker Punch is based out of Seattle. So it's like, huh, I'm just, I'd be curious to see how this gets handled by someone who is a, a Japanese dev. Just because I feel like the commitment to historicalness would be better presented in that way. Ghost was like a good game uh, that I feel like I can play and listen to a podcast during. Yeah. Because I ride around, I look at stuff being pretty, I liberate some Mongols, I do a climbing challenge. I don't have to care about any of what the people are saying. And unless I'm like getting some story beat from like a main from a main quest, easy. I'm just going to go and check off the boxes. And I thought... Every time I was putting the control down, I'm like, I don't need to come back to this. Mm. But I felt myself continue to go back and being like, uh, what if I just liberate this island? Uh, what if I just liberate the rest of the camps? Uh, what if I go do another climbing challenge? Uh, you know, I kind of want to upgrade my bow all the way. Um, mm. So, like, it, it, it got me. And, like, I know that this is a game that's probably designed for my wheelhouse. If it had, like, a different skin on it, I'd probably be even happier. But I liked a lot of stuff here. And part of the reason why, you know, bringing back to it being kind of the inverse of, uh, of Last of Us, where, where Last of Us had a story I cared about, Ghost didn't. Last of Us had uh, combat mechanics that I, whatever, mm -hmm. whatever. I had fun every time I was in the combat encounter in Ghost. The way that they actually designed the arcade part of the game was fun. Because it gives you a lot a lot of tools at your disposal. And inherently, this, the main combat mechanic is that um, you have four different stances that you can choose to fight under. And your stance is good against different types of enemies. So by any other metric, like, you know, it could even be a recore mechanic where oh, I'm, I have to use the yellow stance for the yellow enemy. Mm -hmm. It's less broken up like it's that. It's rock, it's paper, like, scissors, but with weapon types. Yeah, it's like, okay, I have to use this stance against the shield enemies or this stance against the spear enemies. And being able to switch fluidly use combos um build up meter like it felt really good and mm -hmm. then mixing that with using your short bow using your long bow using you know th throwing stars or smoke bombs or, or sticky bomb all the time sticky bombs like there's there was a lot of variety in combat that i think if someone actually took the time to master the system properly they can do some really cool-looking stuff. I never did truly cool-looking stuff. 
uh, I would just run into a place and be like, I'm here, fight me. Because that was more efficient mm-hmm. than I have an efficient <laughs> But I really do like that mechanic of just basically going the honorable route and then you just show up and encamp and say, hey, I'm here, come fight me. Too bad and, it means nothing. Like your uncle doesn't care about all the honorable fighting you did. Your uncle only cares about the bad stuff. Yeah, he, he only likes, he only, he only notices your failures. I do, one thing that I learned this past week that was discovered and of course written about as a result is the the weather of your island is dictated by how you approach combat so if you do a lot more stealth kills you get more stormy nights and stuff like that whereas if you go the honorable route you get more sunny days and stuff like that which Uh, is kind of cool yeah i I like the the upgrade system is like pretty okay you can definitely spec yourself out pretty early and make the later game easier Mm -hmm. there's stuff like it's just simply more efficient to play the game in a stealthy style it's not a great stealth game you notice that the ai is like can be very cartoony and gamey when you jump on someone's head and then someone three feet over (laughs) doesn't notice because they have your back to you like there's some stuff that like just feels like yep playing a video game Mm. that that kind of plagues ghosts but that doesn't mean that it's not fun you just have to realize that it is more arcadey even though it has this serious aesthetic um upgrading upgrading the tanto very important oh yeah because, that's like the first thing I did. Because it takes your stealth kill timer from like six seconds per kill to half a second per kill, mm-hmm. which is just, man, the, the the animations in this game are both super janky, um, especially coming off Last of Us, what had like an, yeah. fucking exquisite animation. Uh, the animation in, in Ghost is pretty janky, but at the same time, there's a lot of like hitbox porn that's going on here. Mm-hmm. You can jump over enemy spears, which like, isn't a way that the game teaches you to dodge attacks, but you can do it. Mm-hmm. But then again, enemy archers can juggle you in air with their arrows. The inf- did you so, watch that video of the infinite yeah. Jin getting popped in the air? It's really yeah, he gets, he gets popped in the <laughs> air and then hit with like 17 arrows and <laughs> stays in place midair <laughs> for like 30 seconds. And you're like, wow, this is really a video game. Um, it's, but I like... If, if you're able to divorce yourself from the, from the seriousness of it mm-hmm. and you can enjoy the arcaneness of it, I think the combat's really fun. That's why I would like going around and being like, hey, challenge me. Oh, standoff. Boom, kill. Yeah. Boom, kill. And it looks boom, cool. Kill. Like that, that standoff thing where you have to time your button press, right? Like, that's cool. I like that idea and I think it's handled super uh, interestingly. I don't think the game needed to tutorialize every time that I had to hold triangle. I know, right? The game, it suffers from, hey, you idiot, are you still playing this game? Did you lose a couple brain cells since the last time? There would be times in late stages of the game, like like Act 3, where it would be like, hey, you might want to change your stance. And the game would straight up pause itself and have me change my stance to be the more efficient one. And I'm like... I have one hit left to kill this person. It doesn't matter what stance I'm doing. What the fuck? Game. Stop. It's actively taking control away from you, which does suck. And I wonder if there's going to be like an update that they push where you could just turn off all of the handholdy stuff. I know you can turn off some of the over like UI elements to be more like bare bones, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, but we're not, we're, we haven't talked about the most interesting thing. Are you going to talk about how the controller goes? <laughs> I'm talking about the guiding wind, baby. Every every AAA game, without fail, for PlayStation, they've always introduced the one thing I've said. The one thing. For God of War, it's Mimir's head talking. In Last of Us 2, it's ability to blend combat and arenas into an actual believable world. Still not sold on that one, but go ahead. This game, it's the guiding wind. 
The guiding wind is easily one of the coolest things this game does because nothing is more immersion breaking than a line on the floor telling you where you have to go. Um, Dead Space, I think, handled it well where it did literally throw a line on the floor telling you where to go, but it was all part of Isaac's suit. In, in Dead Space, his health was on the back of his, his, his spine or whatever, and I think Ghost of Tsushima is the next evolution of that. Sure, his health has its own UI, but I'm talking about pointing you in the right direction. The Guiding Wind capitalizes on everything that makes Ghost of Tsushima's environment interesting. And it's all of the particle effects, and it's all of the swaying grass. Did you not just find yourself like pressing up on the control pad like way too much? I would accidentally bow all the time. <laughs> Dude, the amount of times that I bow to the middle of combat, yeah. I'm like, why is this button here? Yeah, that's a weird choice. I do like that the, you can also bow at certain areas and then like animals pop out. Yeah. Jin becomes a, a horse whisperer essentially at some point and then just crabs pop out of everywhere. But no, I, I really do like the guiding wind as like the dev saying, how do we solve this game element that needs to be in this game? Yeah, otherwise people just open their map all the time. But how do we capitalize it in a way that makes use of the best thing about this game, which is the, the environment? And they just knocked it out of the park. Like, I would be... Breath of the Wild 2 should just steal this. The game is called Breath of the Wild, you know? Like, give me that. They would need to have the Switch make the little sound every time you're... <laughs> they they yeah, need... The every amount, game needs a guiding wind. Did you not get fucking just driven up a wall by your controller going... <laughs> no, not at all. You could also turn that off if you really don't like it. Yeah, well, I mean, I would probably I would probably guiding wind myself every like 10 seconds. I'm like, am I still going the right way? And every time you go to press the button or like slide the, <laughs> the pad, your controller makes like a fucking wind noise. Dude, not enough devs have taken advantage of the PS4 controller speaker. Yeah, I agree that it's great, <laughs> but like, man, I was... If you uh, were listening to me play Ghost of Tsushima, you'd be like, is, does he have a white noise generator <laughs> on his room? <laughs> what did you think of the guiding wind? No, I, I like everything you said, man. They're, they're, I, I can't make it more eloquent than you did. It, it's very it's very smart. It's very in-world. I love the way that it was executed. Uh, having the audio cue every time was annoying. I feel like I overused it. Like It's weird that it, yeah. there wasn't like a cooldown on it because I would just like spam it to make sure I'm going in the right yeah. direction over and over and over and over and over again. Um it was like an idle action that I can take advantage of. Like mm. sometimes when you're playing a game, you just like, you know, th th this is chronic with like Counter-Strike or the PC games. Always too. Like having, having idle button presses. Now that's, seldom I have the ability to do idle, idle button presses like in console-based games. Maybe sometimes if you're playing like a Paper Mario, you can just like jump walk yeah. just to kind of like press buttons. Um, but the Guiding Wind was like an, a very idle, like whew, 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 swipe up, swipe up, swipe up, swipe up. It does make me think, like, how has no game ever thought about this before? Because it seems like such an obvious answer to, like, a game design UI question that's been posed forever. How do you make an objective seamless? How do you make pointing the player in, like, a way that feels believable but also helpful? It's so in-world. It works for the world they're building, too. Every game should have some type of this. I'm convinced. I don't think that there's any game that wouldn't benefit Mini from this type chat of marks. thing. No, but wind all the time. I, I mean, it could be some variation in, in Cyberpunk 2077. Give me some 
chrome scraps that fly through the air. I don't know. Something. See, now I feel like you're give, breaking down give your me some, Give me some magazines that fly up and kind of show you the, the route of going. Like, it's so much nicer than like, oh, there's the guy's footsteps on the floor. Go that way. Or just a straight up arrow. Like, it just seems like such an obvious answer that has plagued game design for a long time. Yeah, I don't think you can really... They, they built almost an environment in a world like around that mechanic. Mm. I don't think you can just shoehorn that into every game because it has to either be adventure enough like Breath of the Wild where you can like have literal wind again. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know how you build it into a cyberpunk city. I don't know. Like, Maybe I'm thinking too small. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic. But like, I feel like it has a place and it'll stand out here. But like, I, don't, I think it's going to be hard for other people to, to cop. Mm. We're going to keep on seeing checkpoints on minimaps. I think we're going to see this implemented in the next five years. I think Horizon 2 will have this. Who cares about that game? I mean, a lot of people do. It's a PlayStation exclusive, right? You're a PlayStation fanboy. Yeah, but I mean, not, <laughs> not everything's a winner. Right? Yeah, not everything's a winner. That's fine. I, I'm almost bummed that you didn't finish all of it. I'm going to finish it, but I'm going to play it slow. Like, just very slow. In a way that's inefficient to... Like, doing. watch Fargo five years after it's released slow? Yeah, exactly like that. Yeah. Like, just a game that I can log in for two hours, do some quests, explore some parts of Tsushima Island, and then call it quits for a week and then come back. Yeah, I inherently can't talk about endgame spoilers because Nick doesn't know. Um, but it's... Uh doesn't get much better yeah in terms, in terms of story I'm, ends, I'm convinced that the story just never gets good it ends how you would expect it to it feels pretty paint by numbers i hear that there's different endings there's different endings there are three different endings there's three i thought there'd be two one for dishonor and one for honor yeah you'd think so you'd be like man sucker punch did so much to really change their infamous ways but ultimately at the end of the game it's just a button press well, well now it's there's no like uh you know an evil a dishonor bar and then there's no honor bar so i'm yeah, glad there's no way to keep that. track of it i do kind of miss that kind of infamous element though where it's like oh if you're bad you unlock bad powers like, I think that's kind of an interesting thing. But the whole point of this narrative is that, like, you yeah. can exist as both. So yeah, it wouldn't service the actual gameplay narrative if you would incentivize the player to do that. Come on, Nick. I mean, sure, but also they have haikus. It's like, come on. Come on. Uh, Great fashion in this game. I'd be interested. Yeah, there's a lot of fashion going on. You can really you can really customize a lot of stuff. Um, I can make my There's own. a whole achievement where you can dress up like Sly Cooper, kind of. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. That's cute. Um, I'm interested to see who else played this game and who else liked it. I'd, I'd love I, to talk to everyone in Discord. I think Discord. there's a lot of people in our Discord that are playing it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have thoughts. I, I, I have thoughts. I shared most of them, but I'd love to talk to people and see their opinions. I'd love to see if Nick actually ever finishes it. Let um, me see your photos in photo I, mode. Yeah, Nick just wants to flex it about his photo mode photos, TBH, so that's fine. Um, I'm pretty good. Ghost of Tsushima is like a solid game, but I don't think I'm ever going to be like, you have to play this. Yeah. If someone's like, man, I just, I, I have like two full weeks to kill and I'm looking for another game to play, I'd be like, is that about ghosts? It's like, it's like a decent game to like take up some time. You can do, do a couple things while you're playing it. But for someone to be like, wow, this is like a, a Last of Us or a, or a Half-Life or a something, it, it doesn't quite reach that S tier. Like, it's a solid it's a solid B-plus game for me. It, it has value. I realize a lot of people liked it. I liked a lot of parts of it. 
It's not perfect. You really have to get over the story being like kind of a bore. You have to get over parts of it feeling like a real arcade game. But if you if you're okay with all that, if you just like going around collecting stuff and doing like a bunch of tasks that could be repetitive, you might have a lot of fun playing this. Yeah, I lump it together with Death Stranding, and it's going to be a game that I'm probably going to think about for a lot, like often, just small moments in, but never like super fondly. I also played all of Death Stranding. Yeah. You know? All of it. Uh, you Didn't you 100% it? I didn't 100% it, but I came like pretty close. I, I built all the roads yeah. in Death Stranding, which is crazy people shit to do yeah that's not a thing that i ever have any interest in doing yeah we have very but you're also gonna go like play a bunch of jrpgs and i'm gonna look at it and be like nick why are you playing an 18th version of dragon quest it's the same game <laughs> so you know different strokes for different folks and speaking about a stroke that we're gonna move forward i'm talking about like brush strokes like paint strokes like strokes what about origami paper what about huh. folds it's like a fold i want to bring a game into the fold I want, I want to incorporate a new paper craft. Uh, let's unwrap a new game. Nick, two games came out. We talked about this already. Ghost of Tsushima released the same day as Paper Mario. And I think, uh, one, we were very frugal about this. We each bought one version of the game and we swapped. Mm-hmm. Two, I think that uh, by the time next week rolls around, we can talk about the other half of that game that came out on that day, and that would be a Paper Mario Origami King, a game that, admittedly, I finished today. So it's off to Nick. Nick's off to the races now with, with the Switch to go and see if he can, he can finish it too. Um, so we're going to do, do Paper Mario Origami King, and I'm going to refrain from talking about it at all for any version of spoilers and without letting you on what I think about this game. But I am done with it. I am excited to talk about it next week. I think that, you know, num- Nintendo did it again. Number one seller on, on the Switch right now. Yeah. You know? I wonder if that, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'll save that for next time. Yeah, everybody, go ahead. Play yourself, uh, maybe some play some Ghost. Definitely maybe play yourself some Paper Mario Origami King. And we'll, uh, we'll be back with Garbage Game Club. If you, if you like us, you should hit follow on the podcast player. Go to patreon.com slash cybergarbage or just say hi in Discord. If you listen to this podcast right now, I'd love you to go on Discord and be like, hey, Joey, hey, Nick, listen to the Ghost episode. It was cool. Or you're an idiot. I'll take either one. So just, just yeah. let, me, let, me, let me know you were here. Hit us. Right? But until next time, Paper Mario and the Origami King. Peace out, boy.